Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles with you? Please pick up your Bibles. Um, this evening before we spend some time to pray and talk to the Lord, and make certain confessions and declarations, um, I want us to encourage ourselves and instruct ourselves on how we should handle and how that we should learn to persist in handling contrariness. The difficulties, the challenges, the very many tumultuous situations that seem to confront us at this time. The simple fact is that we are in a season, and indeed, that's just the way living is. Because we exist and we function in a fractured world. Now, the fact that you're a Christian does not in any way exclude you from being confronted with the challenges, the situations, the pressures, and the difficulties of a world wherein we are. It's just the, the, the way things are because we live in a fractured world. You will remember that in the book of Matthew, Jesus talking about the efficacy of his word declares that some people are wise because when they hear his word, they do his word. And he says they are wise. He calls another set of people foolish people because when they hear, they do not do. That is not the crux of the matter in my statement right now. The crux of the matter is that he says that both the wise who act on the word and the foolish who do not act on the word will be exposed to similar circumstances. Brothers and sisters, the simple fact is that we're in a fractured world and because we live in a fractured world, we will be confronted with pressures, confronted with challenges, confronted with untoward and unpleasant, unpalatable situations. But glory be to God, he has provided for us victory over every situation in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen tonight. So tonight, let's read from Matthew chapter 14. The simple theme of my thoughts tonight, and then we go ahead to pray, is the grace to keep our eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. The grace to keep our eyes on Jesus. Brothers and sisters, there is one panacea to every situation, every trial, every temptation, every difficulty. There is one solution. God's across. It's conclusive, it's comprehensive, it's far-reaching, and it is guaranteed, tested, and trusted. It is to keep Jesus at the center of the picture of life that you have. Jesus must be placed at the center of your perceptions. He must be the center of your interpretations. Every interpretation, every consequence, every possibility, everything 
must be derived from your understanding from a standpoint of view of who Jesus is. And that includes what he has done, what he has provided, what he is doing, and what he will yet do. Somebody say amen. So we're reading first from Matthew chapter 14, reading from verse number 22. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 22. I want you to just relax in the presence of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Open your heart and let's go on this journey together. Matthew chapter 14 verse 22. And before I go ahead, let me also say this. It doesn't matter what the challenge we are facing is. The answer, the help that we need, that will keep us strong and give us the answers and the solutions. I will show you in a moment also from another portion of scripture related to what we're about to read, the concept of looking upon Jesus, that there is a supernatural flow of divine virtue towards our lives when we make Jesus the object of our vision. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, reading from verse number 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, the first thing I want to draw from this scripture that I want you to understand, and I want you to raise your hand above your head and honor the Lord and say with me, I recognize that my life, is Jesus' agenda. Uh, brothers, sisters, I know that on the journey of your life, right now you may have challenges and difficulties or whatever it is. But the Bible tells us here that once a man becomes Jesus' disciple, then the story of that person's life is framed within the agenda of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, that breeds and that should breed in you confidence. Hallelujah. Your life is not your idea. Praise the Lord. My life is not my idea. It's the idea of the Lord. I am here living out his agenda. The Bible says immediately he put his disciples in the boat. And he set them to sail to go to the other side. It's his idea. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's his idea. I'm here by his design. I'm functioning by his design. It's really about him. Hallelujah. This is how come I know your life cannot fail. Because you see your life is not about you. Your life is about him. Glory to God. Can you throw your hands up in wild abandon and just declare my life is about him. It's about him. Like I told you sometime last week, he's more important. He's the important one. I'm not the important one. You're not the important one. He is the important one. And it tells us therefore that the success and the well-being of this life is his responsibility. It lies squarely upon his shoulders. To make it happen. To come through for, listen to me, he will come through. It's lies squarely upon his shoulders to come through for you, even in your difficult moments. How many of you have ever been in a place in life, in a situation where you know you can't help yourself? Have you ever been there? 
Now, I'm here to tell you tonight that even in that position or state where you find yourself, you've tried this, you've tried that, and it seems it's not working. I came to tell you tonight because your life is his agenda. He will come through for you. Somebody say amen. amen. So the Bible says he sets them to sail to go before him to the other side. While he sends the multitudes away. And now it also tells us that there is a difference in the dealings of Jesus with those who are his disciples and those who are not. Hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, let me say something to you. If you are facing a situation now that seems, it seems it's not too different from a situation that unbelievers, some unbelievers are facing. Let me assure you that your outcomes will be different. Because there is a commitment that Jesus has towards you. Glory to God. There's a commitment that Jesus has towards you. That he doesn't necessarily have to those who are not following him. As a matter of fact, there's a commitment that Jesus has expressed towards you. Because you're a learner and a follower. That other Christians who don't learn and follow are missing out on. It's his agenda. And he sent the multitudes away, the Bible says. Let's read on. And then verse 23 says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. Now let me say something here. At times in our journey in life, even though he's the one who put us in the boat, There's times in the journey of life in that agenda, even though he's the one who puts us in the boat, that it looks like he has left us all alone. So if you're looking at your life now, you're looking at the challenges, you're looking at the difficulties, and it seems he's not coming through for you. Know this for certain. The Bible says when he sets them on their journey, When he sent away the multitudes, the Bible says what? He went to pray. That tells me something, brothers and sisters. That even when it seems he's not present with you, seems he's not present with you on the journey in the agenda, he still has you covered. Hallelujah. Did you get what I just said? That even when you look at life and it seems... I've tried. It hasn't worked. I've been here. I've been there. I've tried all sorts of things. It hasn't worked. I want you to know that he cannot be accused of dereliction of duty. He still has you covered. I know it seems things are not working. I know there are days and times when it seems you even called him and nothing happened. The Lord will have you know this evening. And inasmuch as he has set you on this agenda, he has you covered. Brother, you may have suffered a lot. Sister, you may have experienced deprivation. Brother, sister, at times you may look at your life and think that if truly the Lord is real, if truly my followership of the Lord is valuable in his sight, if truly his word is real, I should not be experiencing what I am experiencing. But the lesson is this, that even when you feel that way, he's still with you. He's still on your side. 
He still has you covered. He's still doing something. He's still dissipating, you know, spiritual energy to take care of you. The Bible says he sent them away and he went to pray. That prayer was still to cover the agenda he had set them on. Somebody say amen. Now, let's move ahead. The Bible says in verse number 24, it says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, on this journey of fulfilling, of walking in the agenda of the Lord Jesus Christ for your life, there are places of turbulence. There are places of boisterous winds. There are moments of difficulties. There are moments when it seems that the, the, that, that, the, that the journey will end here without having arrived at the promised destination. It means that there are days and times when we will look as if what the Lord said he was going to do with your life is going to be, con is going to be truncated. There are situations and circumstances that at times will arise and it will look as if but the Lord said we were going to the other side. The Lord never said we were going to drown in the middle of the sea. Hallelujah. Can somebody say tonight, I am not giving up. I cannot give up. Because he has not finished. He said we were going to the other side. He didn't say we'll be drowned in the middle of the sea. Hallelujah. So hold on to the truths. That the Lord said, and the Lord is faithful. The Lord said, and the Lord is able. Jesus said, and Jesus is able. Jesus said, and Jesus is faithful. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, and Jesus is able. Jesus said, and Jesus is faithful. Jesus said, and Jesus is able. Jesus said, and Jesus is faithful. Jesus said, and Jesus never fails. Somebody say, Amen. I bring you a word of encouragement. It doesn't, and I'm talking to every single one of us because every single one of us, if you're not in a current a, a situation right now that looks like the wind is contrary, the simple fact is that sometime maybe in the recent past you were in such a situation. And without being afraid, without being afraid, without being afraid, brothers and sisters in the future somewhere along the line such will arise told you it's not because he plans to harm us it's simply because we live in a fractured world but glory be to God he has caused us to triumph in everything over every fracture there is no fracture that will swallow us up come and say amen. amen the bible says the wind was contrary what I'm experiencing is contrary this does not look like what he said it will be this does not feel like what I have in my mind that it should be. At this stage and at this age in my life, at this moment in my life, this does not look like what should be going on in my life. Bible says there was contrariness of the wind. Verse 25, now in the fourth watch. The fourth watch means a specified time. Hallelujah. 
Can I announce to every single one of us that there is a moment of that intervention? There's a moment of intervention for you. Hallelujah. There's a moment of intervention for you. Somebody say amen. There's a season of intervention for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't jump from inside the boat into the boisterous sea. Because it seems you will lose your life. You remember when Paul and the soldiers were sailing? And they said they would jump into the sea. And Paul told them, he said, an angel of the Lord whom I serve and of whom I am, whose I am, appeared to me last night and said, don't do that. None of you will lose your life. Brothers and sisters, when you remain in the agenda of the Lord, in spite of what you are facing, a moment comes when what you are facing will change because the Lord will indeed in his power bring about an intervention. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your intervention arrives speedily, on time, and things become easier for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. Jesus intervened. He showed up walking on the sea. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse number 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Somebody celebrate Jesus tonight. Be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. Just you rejoice. Hallelujah. Switch over from fear to rejoicing. Switch over from despair to rejoicing. You know, when we rationalize our problem, it makes us heavy. Hallelujah. You become sadder than you actually deserve to be. If at all you should be sad. You think about the problem. You look at the possibilities. You prognosticate. And you begin to think of how bad it can turn out to be. Forget the prognosis. Jesus is your prognosis. Forget what you are calculated. I can assure you your calculations are wrong. Even if they were right by the calculations of men, they are wrong because you are calculating in another person's agenda. Where Jesus is the chief custodian and designer of the agenda, your calculations will be wrong. No wonder the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Are you with me? There are things about my life. If you ask me, pastor, give me an explanation for why this is like this. And let me know what we will do to resolve this. I have no answer for you. And I have come to learn that I don't need to have an answer. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, if you have Jesus, you don't need an answer. Brothers and sisters, if you have Jesus, you don't need an explanation. Brothers and sisters, if you have Jesus, you don't need a protocol. 
If you have Jesus. Jesus is more than enough. And there are things and manners and ways in which he will give you victory over the things you're experiencing that you can't even understand. Look at Peter in the midst of the storm. Perhaps they had experienced before how that Jesus has said, peace be still to the storm. Hallelujah. But Peter knew that Jesus could do things beyond the ordinary. And he said, if it is you, ask me to come to you on the water. Who would ever have imagined that a storm, that Jesus will not stop the storm. Rather, he will make you walk on the storm. Hallelujah. And in the name of Jesus, you will walk upon the storm. You see, at times don't expect the storm to stop. At times, just believe that you will walk on the storm. Hallelujah. There's a greater story in walking on the storm than stopping the storm. It's a greater story. And Jesus said to him, come. He said, if it is you, my Lord, ask me to come to you walking on the water. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk towards Jesus, walking on the water. The impossible in the midst of that storm was happening. Why? His eyes were on Jesus. The Bible says he looked to Jesus. And as he was walking on the water because Jesus had said, come. How do you know he's looking at Jesus? Because you walk towards who he, he who says to you, you come. Hallelujah. Now, this is a physical walking in this situation. But for you, it may just be a mental walking. That in spite of all that is happening, Jesus says, come. Which means turn your attention towards me. Stop thinking about that problem. Start thinking about me. Somebody with me tonight. Stop looking for solutions here and there. I tell you in the name of Jesus, as you keep your eyes on Jesus, he will supply to you the right solution. He will give you the solution that will bring you great joy and gladness. He will. Glory to God. He will. Somebody say amen. amen. He will. He says come. Meaning focus on me and draw towards me. The Bible says Peter took a step out of that comfort zone. And began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But notice something happened. The Bible says when he noticed that the storm was boisterous. He began to sink. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, our difficulties many times are because we begin to notice other things apart from Jesus. He took his eyes away from Jesus and began to look at the circumstances of life. And any time you take your eyes off Jesus, the only things you can look at are lesser than Jesus. Can you write that down if you have it somewhere? Every time and any time you take your attention of Jesus, the object of your focus can only be inferior to Jesus. 
Every time and any time you take your attention off the Lord, the object of your focus of necessity is lesser than Jesus. It therefore goes without any fear of contradiction to say that the outcomes will definitely be lesser than was planned and programmed for you. The Bible says when he began to notice, to look at the storm, how fierce it was, he began to sink. When you begin to look at how bad the economy is, you begin to sink. When you begin to look at how bad the situation is, you begin to sink. The first place where you begin to sink is in your inner life. Brothers and sisters, you cannot be looking at the wrong thing and be healthy in your inner life. Hallelujah. Write this down too. The key to spiritual health is looking at Jesus. If you want to be healthy on your inside, you want to be free of anxieties, you want to be free of fears, you want to be free of intimidation, you want to be free of jealousy, you want to be free of an inferiority complex, you want to be free of a competitive spirit, you want to be free of insecurities, you want to be free of all these negative things that affect, affect and, and plague the inner life. The key is to put your attention on Jesus. Tap the person beside you, if you please, and tell them you can't afford for something or someone other than Jesus to take command of your attention. Help me tell it to another person. Say, you cannot, you really cannot afford to let something or someone other than Jesus to take command of your focus, of your attention. Because every time something else takes your attention, something lesser has just taken over your life. Hallelujah. I know you may have challenges, but put your eyes on Jesus, not on the challenge. I know you may have pain. Hallelujah. You may have pain, but take your attention away from, 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 from nursing and, and, and caressing the pain. And put it on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So it brings us now to the other scripture I talked about. You know that scripture well. It's the scripture that Jesus himself made reference to in John chapter 3. When he said, except the son of man be lifted up from the earth. Like Moses lifted up a serpent. He says a man cannot be saved. And he's referring to Numbers chapter 21. In Numbers chapter 21, after the children of Israel grumbled against God. Serpents came into their camp and bit many of them. And the Bible says many of them died. And they cried unto Moses and said, Moses, we have sinned against God. Help us appeal to God. The Bible says Moses went and he prayed to God. And God told him something. He said, you will make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. The serpent there refers to the sin of mankind. The sin of mankind refers to the reason for the fractures in the world. 
Are you with me tonight? The sins of mankind, the sin of Adam represents the fractures. The, it's the roots, the source. Uh, Romans chapter 5 tells us that through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. The fractures of the world are based on the serpentine nature. And so God told Moses, he said, make a serpent from brass or bronze. Put it on a pole and lift it before the people. He says, anyone, this is a miracle that I know is happening in our lives. At times you don't know that miracle is happening, but I'm telling you it is happening. There's a supernatural flow of power towards you. When you turn your attention and fix it on Jesus, somebody say amen. The Bible says God told Moses, he says, anyone who is bitten by the serpent, anyone who is experiencing the pressures and the problems of the fractured world, he says, if they will look at the serpent, he says, they will live, which means that when they look at the serpent, when they look at what Jesus did for us on the cross, then the effects of the fractured world on their lives will be mitigated. Somebody say amen. He says, look and live. Verse number nine, the Bible tells us that it worked. And as many of them as were beaten by the serpent, Meaning that they were meant to die because thousands upon thousands had died through the venom of those serpents just before that. The Bible says that after Moses obeyed God and set before them the cross of Jesus, set before them the finished work of Jesus, set before them the glory of Jesus, set before them the love of God in Jesus Christ, set before them the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Everyone who turns their attention from every other possibility, every other threat, every other situation and fixed it on Jesus, lived. Every single one. Here to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter what it is. We keep our attention on Jesus. Power flows in our direction. Power flows in our direction. It may take some time for full recovery. It may take some time to leave the spot where we are. But one thing I can say to you without any fear of contradiction is power is flowing. Help is flowing. Healing is flowing. Deliverance is flowing. Encouragement is flowing. Support is flowing. Wisdom is flowing. Change is happening. Promotion is being birthed because your attention is on Jesus. It's a supernatural sin. It's a supernatural sin. I declare to you tonight, for as many of you as may feel weak from one thing or the other, physically, spiritually, or whatever it is, as you open the eyes of your heart and turn your attention to Jesus, supernatural power begins to flow in your life and flow for your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Final scripture we look at tonight is Hebrews chapter 12. Which I know you do know very well. Hebrews chapter number 12. And from verse number 1. Somebody say glory to Jesus. Say it's all sorted in Jesus. 
say all I need has been provided for in Jesus. It's all in there. It's all in there. It's all in there. And if we will settle it in our hearts. That the call of God upon our lives is to pay our attention to Jesus. We'll see it happen for us. We'll see it happen for us. Doesn't matter what's happening in the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Jesus has you covered. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Can somebody say amen if they really know that? He's got you covered. He's got you covered. Pastor, how is he going to do it? I don't know. But one thing I can tell you for sure is everyone who keeps their attention on him has his power flowing in their direction. No wonder the Bible says that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know the hope of his calling. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who believe. There's power at work in your direction. I said there's power at work in your direction. There's power. This is why the Bible says we all will open faces. Beholding us in a glass the glory of the Lord. Ah, may the Lord help us see him in his glory. And then you don't need a glance. It's not a glance you need. It's a fixed gaze. We don't see so much of the Lord because we only want to glance at him. Brothers and sisters, you don't fall in love with somebody you glance at. Hallelujah. You don't fall in love with somebody you glance at. You fall in love with somebody you gaze at. You fix your gaze. You fall in love. I discovered, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, you can fall in love with anybody if you give time to fix your gaze on the person. You can fall in love with anybody. Just fix your gaze and begin to see the things on that person that you like. The power of the Lord is flowing in our direction. And we will have so much more of his power at work in our lives. As we fix our gaze on him. It's not a glance. Would you help me say it's not a glance? It doesn't happen by a glance. It happens by a fixed gaze. Fixed gaze. If you glance and you gaze on something else. That thing you're gazing on will have greater power on you than what you glanced at. Hallelujah. So you can't glance at Jesus and gaze upon channels TV. You can glance at Jesus and, or rather you can't glance at Jesus and fix your gaze on the tabloids. The tabloids will master you. It's Jesus you need to fix your gaze on. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, are you there? We're going to close very soon. Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verse number one. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. This tells us brothers and sisters that there are people who have passed through this fractured world before you and they succeeded. Can I have an amen? In the name of Jesus, you will be mentioned amongst those who succeeded in our generation. 
There were those who passed through this world and the fractured world was not able to enforce itself on their life. Lift your hand towards heaven and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, as my gaze is upon Jesus, this fractured world will not impose itself on me. It will not determine my outcomes. It will not determine my outcomes. It will not determine my outcomes. It will not determine who I shall be. It shall not determine how I shall end. In the name of Jesus Christ. There may be moments of difficulty, but I'm announcing you tonight to you tonight that this fractured world will not determine how it will end for you. Hallelujah. It says you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Ah, hallelujah. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Then it says, looking unto Jesus. Now that word looking is the Greek word aphorao, which means to take your eyes off something and fix it on something else. Are you with me tonight? What I'm telling you is that there is an instruction. There is an instruction. There is a command that brings you great profit in the Bible. That the scriptures, the spirit of the Lord says to you, take your eyes off everything else and fix it on Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're considering. Fixing your eyes is consideration. That's why it says, consider him. Consider him. So the instruction is, all those other things you're considering, other than what Jesus stands for, stop considering those things and consider Jesus and what Jesus stands for. Amen? Now listen, I am not saying you're not going through difficulty. The word of God is saying in spite of the fact that you're going through difficulty. As a matter of fact, this is how he's going to rescue you from the power of that difficulty. Amen? This is how he's going to rescue you from the power of that difficulty. He commands you to take your attention. Stop thinking about that. Stop being concerned and consumed about that situation. Don't let it dictate your thoughts. Let it not command the space. In your brain box. And in your inner life. Don't let it be in command. Hallelujah. There are so many things that the Lord could have done for you. Through you. In you by now. But the fact of the matter. Is that because you had a greater consideration for the things you're experiencing beyond the person of the Lord. He was not able to bring you into them. There are things the Lord would like to start. In you, through you, for you, by you. And every time you sit down considering the difficulty and the apparent deprivation you have in your life, you come to the conclusion, this cannot be so. Hallelujah. You think about your scars. And not about Jesus. This is a command to us. 
Stop thinking about those things. Start thinking, considering Jesus. Pastor, are you saying, if I have a particular challenge, how does thinking about Jesus help my career? Oh, then you don't know Jesus. Jesus that made a fisherman of many years who just failed at night, become a multi-millionaire in fishes overnight in one fishing expedition that lasted less than one hour, I suppose. The Bible says, Peter says, they have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. Is it oceanography that he does not know? Is it fishery that he does not know? Is it animal husbandry that he does not know? That Peter will need a, a harvest of fish and the Lord will not be able to supply? Hallelujah. And let me say this to you. The more you pay attention to the Lord, the easier it is for the Lord to tell you where to cast your net. And that's what you need. That's what I need. I need for the Lord to tell me where and when to cast my net. Glory to God. Take your eyes off it. I don't like using the word problem, but I know you have a challenge or a problem. But the Lord says, that's not the issue. I am the issue. Pay attention to me. Hallelujah. Pay attention to me. Pay attention. That's the message tonight. Pay attention to the Lord. It's a simple prayer because it will be good for us to pray. Lord, grace to fix my attention on you, Lord. Are you going to pray that?